0: Hey everybody! This is Phil Town.
1: This is Danielle Town.
0: And welcome to the Invested Podcast. We're going to be talking about investing. Pretty sure we
1: are going to be talking about investing. Sometimes we
0: talk we... about investing.
1: <laughs> we are talking about value investing and the rule number one particular spin on value investing, which Dad is teaching me. Right, Dad?
0: That's what we're doing, and we're we're basing this training that we're gonna I'm giving Danielle. On the training I got from 30 years ago and which I've continued to to learn about over these last 30 years, predominantly from Warren Buffett and then people who have followed Warren Buffett pretty closely, people like Guy Speer, who wrote uh, The Education of a Value Investor, uh, Manesh Pabrai, who wrote The Dondo Investor, um, and both of whom are running really successful hedge funds. And And Guy
1: was a guest on our podcast a few weeks ago. Um, So if you missed those, there are three episodes because we had such a long conversation. Scroll back and find them. They're pretty good.
0: Yeah. And and we're, we're really putting together these principles into, you know, kind of a systematic explanation that Charlie Munger gives, which is to say that you boil it all down to basically four things that you need to understand the business you're investing in as a business and it has to be a good business has to be a wonderful business something that is wonderful because it's durable and it can go on and on and on and on because of some intrinsic quality in the company that protects it from competition like Burlington Northern's railroad tracks are difficult to duplicate or Coca-Cola's brand is extremely hard to compete with because it's in everybody's head so something like that and then the management has integrity and talent, and um, uh, and that you can buy it at a good price, which effectively is a price that would be the value or the price of that company as a private business is kind of what it boils down to.
1: Yeah, Charlie <coughs> says a price that makes sense,
0: price which that is makes super sense.
1: vague, super vague. But, um, but what it means to him is that it's a price that makes sense for the value of the company and. Really, what he means is that it's lower than the value of the company and that therefore you expect the price in the market to go up to eventually reach or exceed the actual value that Charlie thinks is there in that company.
0: Yeah, there's some really powerful implications of buying a company at far less than what it's worth. Um, But you have to understand what what it's worth means. And we've talked about that a number of times here on the podcast. Um, But it, it all boils down, I think, to being able to buy companies in the public market at private company prices which tend to be about half of what the public companies sell for or in other words public companies sell for twice as much as a private company does that's the same company it's just private and they it does that because with public companies you have liquidity you can get out quickly and that's extremely valuable to the bond and fund managers that are trading today
1: it's valuable to us it's valuable. to (laughs) To people who are trading their own money and want to be able to get in easily, cheaply for the small transaction cost, of whatever, like your brokerage charges, 7 or $10 or whatever it is, and then to be able to get out cheaply.
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the ability to buy a small piece of a public company is enormous, It, it and it's worth it, you know, to, to do that. And so it wouldn't be wrong for you to buy companies at their value. I mean, if you paid... Um, more than the private company price. That's okay. <clears throat> as long as you were going at their value. The problem is we don't know for sure that we're right about the value. It's-
1: yes. Well, the, the forever <sighs> question on this podcast that I'm constantly talking about, how do we ever really know what the valuation is? I mean, it seems like it's all just alchemy at a certain point. And maybe it is at a certain point. But... um I went and listened back actually to all of our podcasts about valuation, and there were a few. We spent a lot of time on it. Um,
0: and, yeah, we've talked about the lemonade stand, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly, and people kept asking for some um, some like written guidance on that because it's hard to listen to numbers, you know? It's hard to listen to like, and then you add this, and then you divide this, and then you go look at this page. I know. Well, we
0: have a lot of written stuff on it. You just go by rule number one. It's tons of it in there, all (laughs) written down. You know exactly the process of figuring out a value of a business. Um, So, so here we're not going to cut.
1: I went back and I read rule number one, and I listened back to our podcasts and tried to make sense of it. And um, I think I've done okay. I think I've done okay. I think there's more for us to explain about it for sure. But the most pressing question that I have rather than going through that again, like through a whole valuation of a whole company, is is what we referred to in our last episode, which was you know people are buying comp- like people you follow, the gurus as you call them, investment investment gurus, people who manage funds, who you follow and think are generally good at what they do, they're buying something. Okay, so you have this information x person is buying y company do you do like a sort of preliminary and let's assume by the way that you've done the first three steps that charlie talks about the first three principles that charlie talks about let's assume that we're on to only the last one which is the price do you do like a short little let me just check this company out and see if it's even worth like a deeper dive before
0: you do that deeper dive? Um, Yeah, I do, actually. It's almost on a level of confession. Um, (laughs) Since, you know, it it sort of is axiomatic that you can't really figure out the value of business that you don't understand because you don't know for sure that you've got um, a correct starting point with an earnings number. You don't know for sure you've got the correct growth rate for the future. Because you don't know enough about the business to know whether it's going to grow at all, much less no, how but fast. In,
1: in my question, I said, we we assume that we've done those parts. We, we we are capable of understanding the business. Okay, well. We've checked out enough of the management to decide that they have enough integrity. Like, you know, we're doing sort of the preliminary work. We've, okay. we've decided that they're at least on its face, it has a moat. Okay. So now we're on to the price part. Is there like. You know, because we spent so much time talking about valuation. Is there sort of a short version of like, I'm just going to check these things and it's going to take me. It's going to take you five minutes and it's going to take the rest of us an hour. But like, you know, whatever the short version, not the ten hour version, but like the the short version of let me just see if this company is and if it's even worth more time.
0: Okay, so this will be really rough approximation. And yeah, I, I exactly. confess that I've done it. I had a friend of so you mine you do, do
1: that,
0: yeah. I had a friend okay. put a million dollars in with one of the wall street um, you know companies that that manages money. and um they immediately, within a day, invested her million dollars in one hundred companies. so okay. they they bought one hundred companies with her money, and they this, sorry
1: the this fund manager invested in 100 companies with somebody's
0: money? Yeah, a million dollars. And I think they put about 1% in each company. Okay. So this is pretty typical, right? They had a group of companies that they like and they they bought them. Now, what she asked me to do is to give her an idea if they had bought good companies for her, right? And so I don't know them all, of course, but I know a lot of them and, and they were good companies. These are all pretty healthy, good companies. And then she also wanted to know whether they bought them at a good price. And so it took me about an hour to go through 100 companies, quick and dirty. So we're talking about 45 seconds. Yeah.
1: All right, I, I don't even know what to say about that besides that it seems irresponsible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, it's, let's I mean, just see. Let's just, let's do one, all right? Let's just do one i mean i
1: figured you had this is why i asked the question because i figured you had to have some sort of i'm just gonna check this thing out yeah kind of system despite all the discussion around charlie of like how deep of a dive we have to take and i agree that we need a deep dive once you've decided that it's worthwhile but you know none of us want to waste our time so i'm glad to hear that you admit to the short version yes but now i want to hear the really i want to hear the 45 second version all right
0: All right, so the 45 second version is, let's say the first name on the list of of 100 companies is Apple, very common common company to put into a portfolio. So I put in Apple into my tool set that I built for me to be able to to evaluate stocks and it comes up right now with a 92 score, everything's green. Um, In other words, this is a really good looking company looking out the back window of the car.
1: And you know what I mean by that, right? you mean looking into the past
0: into the past historically it,
1: it tells you nothing about the future
0: tells you nothing about the future so it's just but it gives a hint about the future right so the, the old the old quip about history is that um, you know it it what does it say history doesn't repeat itself exactly but it does rhyme so <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've never heard that. You never heard
0: that. I don't know who said that, but it's it's cute. And and so the idea is that it, just because we see that it's got a great score and and the meaning, the management, the moat scores, predictability are all very very good with Apple Computer, um, it doesn't mean that that'll be what the future is. It's just an indication it might be um, a more easy future to to analyze than a company that has terrible scores in the past and a lot of up and down. At least we can look and say, okay, something good's going on here.
1: Is the answer that you look on your tool set and it tells you, and that's how you do it in 45 seconds?
0: Well, yeah, but I go through a couple of steps. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. So the first is it tells me it's a pretty decent company historically, more than decent. It's quite, quite good historically. If I didn't know anything about it at all. And I'm not trying to know anything about it here other than to just give my friend a ballpark idea. Um, and so the first thing is, hey, ballpark, it's, it, it's been quite good for many years. All right. Don't know anything about it, but it's been quite good for many years because it's got a really good looking historical track record. The second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at what's called a growth rate chart that I create. And essentially what I'm looking at is to see if the four growth rates that we talk about for moat, which are earnings, sales, cash flow, and, and equity, if those growth rates are really the similar to each other, in other words, if those lines, if you looked at a graph, if the lines are parallel, if you don't have graphing tools, like you can do this on an Excel spreadsheet, but it's easier just to hit a button. So I look at Apple and it's like, wow, these are look like railroad tracks. They're so similar. Like they're
1: all trending.
0: The same way at the same time. At
1: roughly the same rate. So you don't want to see any one growth, like, I mean, it doesn't seem to me to be that terrible if like one growth rate is really high compared to the others, but you're not so into that.
0: Well, it it's okay. It just gives me a red flag to find out why.
1: Uh, okay. That's
0: all. Okay. So parallel so lovely.
1: Even growth just lets you know that it's all kind of even.
0: And it tells me they're managing the company nicely. They're not they're not letting something get way out of hand, you know, or, or just the nature of the business allows them to control their, their growth rate rather nicely. So then I see that it's flattening out a little bit. So I'm going to be aware of that when I start to look at the value. So again, this is just a couple of seconds. Okay, nicely parallel. These guys seem to know what they're doing when they're running the company. And the growth rate has flattened out a lot in the last five years compared to the first five years. All right, good. Now I click over to the to the page that shows me the growth rates um, over periods of time, and I see that indeed the growth rates of Apple have really dropped a lot and are getting down into single digits, okay? So they used to be really high, you know, 30%, 40%, then 30%, then 15%, and then they're sliding into single digits. They're they're currently in the seven to eight range um, if I look over the last three years or so, and I'm not really looking, Closer than that, because any one year can be anomalous, but a three-year period to a five-year period gives you a fairly good idea. And the range there in three years is eight percent, and the five years is around fifteen or so. So I'm looking at that range as what Apple can do. Again, not knowing anything about the company, these are all of the moat growth rates. Book value, book value, earnings, cash, sales are all all looking really good. Good, good scores, but they're dropping off fast. This is gonna start going yellow instead of green. Then I'm looking at management scores, the return on equity, return on invested capital and debt. And I'm seeing that the company has very little debt. It could pay it off very easily in a year or two of free cash flow, which is excellent. And then the return on equity has been growing. So it's, it's higher now than it has been in, in its history pretty much. And return on invested capital is staying about the same all the way through, maybe dropping a little bit lately. So those are very good scores. That indicates a company that's very well run. I'm a little concerned, the red flag is the growth rate is dropping on all four of these things at the same time. So that's a little bit of a red flag about what, not that it's a bad company, but that what should I use for a growth rate into the future to predict the lump of cash that I'm gonna discount to today in terms of figuring out the value. So um, with a high return on equity of right now, it's running well over 30%, 35, 38, giant return on equity. This company starting to look like a cash cow. In other words, companies go through a, a life cycle where they grow like crazy and churn up a lot of cash and have a lower return on equity because they're spending a lot of money. And then gradually, they don't have a lot of money. They don't know where to spend it because they've gotten so big. And their growth rates slow down, but their return on equity goes up. They don't need a lot of money to continue to run the company. And so that's a sign of kind of a maturing company. And you wouldn't want to put a big high growth rate on this thing. Um, You wouldn't expect it to grow that fast. So that's going to affect the value of the business. So now I'm going to go over to the margin of safety and click on it. And by the way, if I'm doing this without explaining it, this is only taking a few seconds. And I'm gonna make sure that I'm looking at the current um, earnings per share, trailing 12 months, and the future growth rate put up by analysts. And um, you, know, you just kinda of wanna see whatever, what is the estimated growth rate. You can, if you don't have a good set of tools to do this, you can Google estimated growth rate, and just put it into Google for Apple, AAPL and it should come up with something. You'll see all kinds of forecasts from the NASDAQ or whatever. So here's the NASDAQ that's basically saying analysts are forecasting earnings of 8% and are expecting to grow it over the next five years at 11%, 10.89%. Then we remember that analysts are always a little bit optimistic because they can't be bad guys. Uh, Their investment banking group will come down and, and yell at them for screwing up deals if they're saying bad things about a company. So they always gotta be a little bit uh, skeptical about the analyst growth rate. So we're seeing that lately the growth rate is very bouncy, um, but in the three-year period, averaging about 8%. Analysts are projecting about 11% here, 10.89. So we're gonna gonna put a number in here that reflects that. I'm gonna say just 10% uh, for a long-term growth rate for Apple is maybe sustainable. Again, I don't know because I don't know the company. I'm just right. I'm, I'm pretending I don't know the company. So, yeah. um, so I've got to start with the trailing twelve months earnings here, which you just Google and it'll come up. And then you Google the growth rate, and that'll you'll see projections for growth rate. And we'll say ten percent. And then we're going to double the ten percent growth rate. We're going to double that growth rate number ten, and use a twenty PE ratio. And I look and see, is that a high ratio for Apple? And it turns out it's about in the middle of what it gets. And now I can figure out a rough value of the business. So I come up right away and it tells me $106 a share is roughly what it's worth. And it's currently selling for $119. So the market appears to be pricing this about right. That's how I do it, boom, right there. Now, I'm going to do one more thing. I see you going,
1: what? Okay. (laughs) Let me tell you what I just heard. Okay. I said, give me your short version of how you look at a company. And you just gave me the entire margin of safety analysis, only you spoke more quickly. (laughs) That's what I just heard. You literally just did a margin of safety analysis. You just did it with rougher numbers. You did it with numbers you can't really back up, but you did the whole analysis, and you just did it really fast.
0: I did, didn't I? Again, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm good with that. Oh
1: my gosh!
0: All right, so let, I'm
1: gonna have to come up. I'm gonna I'm do gonna the, have to come up with something here.
0: All right, so let, here's how I'm thinking. I need to just get a quick and dirty idea of, is Apple on sale, right? Should I be buying a lot of Apple computer right here? So the first way I did it indicates, not really, it's priced about right. All right, and the next thing I'm gonna look at is, okay, using Apple's free cash flow. Wait,
1: wait, 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 but now we're way past 45 seconds. No, we're not, no, we're not. Or uh, even no. way past five minutes for no, normal people. I can,
0: no, I can do this in 45 seconds. It's really you quick.
1: You're not allowed to say, I do all the valuation methods. I just do them fast. Well,
0: I, but that's what <laughs> I do to get a rough idea about whether <laughs> I, should be, I should be looking at this further.
1: Oh, my God. Because
0: what really I'm assuming dumb. is that the analysts are in the ballpark of correct. In fact, if I were to do this really sort of religiously, <laughs> like I really do it, I would put in the analyst average expected growth. And I would just run a fast margin of safety analysis on it. And when I leave it at 10.89 with a 21 PE or a 22 PE, I guess is what that implies. um, It comes back and tells me in a split second that the company is worth about 127. All right. It's selling for 119. So this has been fully valued by the market. Now, on the other hand, It's also telling me that the free cash flow payback time on this thing, I could pay as much as 131, all right? And it's also telling me that free cash flow is about 10 bucks a share, which means if I did a 10 cap analysis, I'd be looking at about 100. And 100 would be a pretty fair deal for this. In other words, if this company didn't grow at all, I'd have all my money back from free cash flow in 10 years. That'd be pretty decent. You know, I would own Apple computer in 10 years. Now, these are all very rough. But
1: Yes, but just because you're using numbers that you can't back up doesn't mean that the rest of us are any faster at using those numbers.
0: Well, we should be because the numbers are quick. I mean, you can build a little Excel spreadsheet. You can use the tools we've got. You can go into lots of websites probably and find tool sets that would allow you to input this data. And the key thing is to understand just how to quickly quickly manage the, the the analysis. And so if you've got a computer tool that does it, you can literally do a rough and dirty analysis on Apple computer in a few seconds. What and about this? What?
1: what if we just stopped the whole thing that you said? Because it seemed like in the beginning you were talking about growth rates. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much what I heard over and over was the historical track record, the growth rate of the moat numbers. Yeah look at the trend, look at the growth rate of, well, not the growth rate of the debt, but maybe the growth rate of the debt. Look at the debt and look at the growth rate of return on earnings and return on invested capital. From there, you went on to start doing your actual valuation numbers. But I wonder if maybe the very preliminary part that would be useful for the rest of us is to just look at those growth rates, because I think that that's actually pretty easily done, even just... um, viewing an annual report, even just viewing the accounting numbers where they have year after year, i mean, they don't show that many years together, but you can usually see them and you can go easily on Yahoo or Google and see a trend and just get a sense of, is this company even trending up? Is it trending down? Like, let's take, you know, XYZ company that no one's ever heard of. We just want to see what's happening to it. Is that where you would go first? Because that's where you started with just, let's see what trend this company.
0: Okay, so yeah, um, I'm going to look at the trend and I'm going to do that as quickly as possible so I have just some general idea on whether the cash is growing uh, or shrinking from what they've been doing in the past.
1: And well, and then, yes, let, me just, let me just, sorry to interrupt you, but one more thing. You did not say, I look to see if the share price has been going up. You actually didn't mention the share price one single time until the very end.
0: Right, because I don't want to look at the share price.
1: And that's what most people like. That's what I do when I put into Google, you know, some stock symbol for a company. And what pops up is Google's little graph of what the share price has been doing. So you see it immediately and you think, oh, eh, or you think, oh, well, hmm.
0: no, but I don't think anything. I just don't even look at it because what I want to do is try to get a rough idea of what the value of the business is before I look at the price or where the price has been going or anything else. I have no confidence that the market is pricing this correctly.
1: Yeah, of course. That's the whole point.
0: Yeah, in fact, I'm hoping it isn't. But I I would like, so I don't want to be influenced by what other people have been doing with price. I just want to get a quick idea. This is very quick and dirty. Is the company um, doing better or doing worse over time? So where's their trend? Apple is doing worse over time. Right, it's slowing its growth and its earnings growth. So the growth is slowing. It doesn't mean it's a bad company. It just means I've got to properly take that in consideration. And then the second thing is I'm gonna do this brain-dead thing and just look at what the average analyst's expectations are for the next five years. And that, that means there could be a huge range, right? Some analysts are think Apple's not gonna grow at all. They would give it a 1% growth rate. Some might think it's gonna grow at 20% a year and you're getting this big range and you get the average of the range. This is really brain dead. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to put any money into anything on this basis. You're just trying to get a rough idea. So if the analysts are correct, who are by the way, the same people who are telling Morgan Stanley to tell its people to buy this stock or to sell it or to buy it or hold it or sell it, those are the guys who are putting forward that information to their to their investment bankers who then put it forward to the client. So, it's.
1: So, you're not such a fan of the analyst numbers?
0: No, I think they are, can be <laughs> Just extremely. Summarized. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Very rarely are they wrong in the direction of being uh, too pessimistic. They're mm. Often wrong in the direction of being too optimistic. I mean, and, and by the way, there's a game being played by the analysts that they can't seem to stop. And that is that if, if analysts at uh, XYZ Investment Bank, um, are being really honest and conservative about the values and the growth of a business and come up with a valuation of Apple Computer of $50 a share. But the investment bankers at XYZ Investment Bank are trying to talk Apple into letting a- a- the you know, XYZ Bank be its bond bank. And, and, and if, they, if you let us do your bonds, we're going to make uh, $14 million by doing a bond issue. And then they find out that this little analyst over there making $187,000 a year has just gone out and embarrassed Apple by telling the world that Apple's not going to grow, it's only worth $50 a share, sell your stock. Apple is highly likely because these are human beings, the CFO of Apple's a human being who probably doesn't love it that this guy just dissed him big time by telling the world it's not worth 119, it's not it's only worth 50. And here comes this guy's company and says, hey, we really want to do your bond issue. This guy's going to go, go to hell. Yeah. Get out of my office. So yeah. there's a lot of pressure on analysts to just play along. So we, we got to understand these numbers we're using here to judge Apple's value are very rough. We say 10.89. How does that look in the historical context? It looks a little high to me to be thinking Apple's going to grow at 11% when the last three-year average is 8 Right. So now
1: you're now you're no longer quick and dirty. Now you're now really I'm starting actually to get into doing your Analysis, yeah. yeah.
0: So if I just use quick and dirty, then I get 126 bucks. The current price looks about right. Therefore, even quick and dirty, this isn't on sale. And so if I'm really looking for something to get into, something to trade, then I'm going to probably move past this one. It looks like it's pretty fairly priced, and I doubt that I'm going to come in here. And say, oh, I disagree with the analyst. It's going to grow at 15% a year. And it's really super cheap. (laughs) Probably ain't going to happen. So I'm going to move on right away. Let's do another one. Want to do another one? There
1: you go. Well done. Um, Yeah, quick and dirty.
0: Okay, quick and dirty. Um, This one came up in class this weekend. Students put up uh, CalMain Foods as uh, a company that's on sale. CalMain. How do you spell that? dash. M-A-I-N-E. Oh, okay. Calm And their symbol is C-A-L-M. Okay. And And, um, okay, so I listened to a student analysis on this thing. And the reason the students found it is because, you know, they're using the same tools I use and I'm showing and And it comes up with a really good rule one score, uh, all green everywhere, so historically phenomenal. And then I look at the the growth rates in it, and it's a pretty bouncy on its earnings and cash flow. But... Um, Sales are sales are nice on uh, look like railroad tracks. Book value is going up like railroad tracks, so not as beautiful as Apple, but still, earnings and cash are very parallel, and the rest of them are all moving up together. Looks like a pretty decently run company. Um, I might want to look at what it what it does. I, I so I click on that that little thing, stock at a glance, and it tells me that this company is um, the major egg producer in the United States. Oh, so, okay. Vertically integrated egg producer. So have you ever seen that's that, that uh uh eggs at Whole Foods called Eggland?
1: They sell Eggland at Whole Foods.
0: Or maybe not, but you've seen Eggland? Oh.
1: Yeah, eggland's like I don't think they're an organic product.
0: Not necessarily, but it's a brand They might have
1: an organic line. I'm not
0: yeah, sure. Yeah, and they're that's Calmain. They they do put out a brand of organic product. They put out free range, they put out they, they put out all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah. But yeah, Eggland is a huge brand. I've seen it. Yeah, I don't think Whole Foods carries it, but it's at the normal grocery store.
0: Okay, so just quick and dirty. I'm going over to the rule one numbers then, and I'm going to look at the growth rates. And I'm seeing astonishingly high growth rates in book value and everything right through 2016. Um, And then I'm looking at gigantic growth rates in earnings. I mean, seriously gigantic in the last three years, 88%. What? Okay so that's that's and and in the last year 2015 to 2016 cash grew at 95%. So right away I
1: would want to check those
0: numbers. All oh, right, right away giant red flag, right? Huge yeah. return on equity that's getting bigger by the year now it's at 34% in the last year. Gigantic. Almost they have virtually no debt. So right I love the no debt thing, but these numbers are suspect. This is an egg growing company. I don't are trust there- these
1: numbers. Are there, mo- okay, wait, so their historical track record is, I'm going through your list, historical track record. Yep. It's, it's there. Yep. They've got one.
0: They have a historical track record of what?
1: I don't know. I wrote down number one, historical track record.
0: Okay, so I'm just looking to see if, you know, what it looks like going out the back window of the car, and it looks stunningly, crazily good.
1: Like, as in like all their numbers are good for the last
0: Good five to years. insanely great, like what the hell's going on?
1: Okay, number two I have is the moat growth rates are parallel, going upwards, hopefully.
0: And they are not exactly. Okay. They're bouncy, okay? So another red flag. Okay. All right, what else you got? Should I,
1: should I continue through the list? Yeah. Um, <laughs> number three, look to see if the moat growth rates are trending upwards.
0: They certainly are. They're going up like yes, a they are.
1: Up. Insanity. Number four, check the debt. Do they have any and how much?
0: Right. No debt.
1: No debt. Number five, check the return on equity. And We've, number six, check the return on invested capital.
0: Both of which have jumped gigantically lately.
1: Okay. That's all I've got. So Next now, the, on,
0: now uh, the numbers are suspect. Okay. So now I'm wondering what the heck's going on. But since I don't know anything about the company, I'm still just going to go over and look at the margin of safety thing, and I'm going to try to figure out, um, you know, where, what does it look like for the trailing 12 months earnings, right? Our our stock website puts it out there. But if I didn't know, I would go C A L M on Google, calm, and then I'd say T T M E P S, trailing 12 months earnings, and it would come out, and it would show me that. Calmain Foods trailing twelve months earnings are two dollars and eighty two cents a share. All right.
1: Okay.
0: So that's from Naz- That's from Guru Focus actually. Um, let's see. This is from Y Chart. Shows two ninety four. Um, let's see. What else can we look at? So I'm basically pulling it up here from the internet and just looking for trailing twelve months. Now. I'm gonna go and look at my tools and I'm gonna, because these numbers are so bouncy, I need to be sure I'm getting a good starting point. So I'm gonna look and see across a 10-year period, what does it look like for earnings? And I see that, that all through the middle, like from, gosh, 19, or from 2009, we had $1.64, then a $1.40, then a $1.25, so straight down. Then a dollar eighty-five. Then a back to a dollar four. Then all of a sudden, the last three years, it just goes straight up: two twenty-five, three thirty-two, and now six fifty-one. In other Which words, something this? crazy happened that took this company that wasn't growing at all for many years, and suddenly it went right up. It doubled since last year.
1: Which number is that? The six That's earnings.
0: Earnings per share.
1: I thought you just said earnings per share
0: was $2.94. I did, but that's the trailing 12 months earnings per share. This is 2016, which didn't necessarily end in December. I think actually these guys end their, their fiscal year in um, like August or something like that, or July, about halfway through the year. So their current earnings are way dramatically lower than they were just at the end yeah. of the last fiscal year. Wow. Well, that would be a big red flag. What the yeah. heck is going on? So again, just being quick and dirty, I'm seeing 282. I see that 282 is, you know, the middle of this range of earnings. So I'm going to let it go. I'm going to use 282, but I don't know how fast to grow it. I mean, the growth rate's all over the place here. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to let the analysts tell me how fast they're growing it. So I'm putting in the trailing 12 months, which is 282. And the analysts are telling me this thing's going to grow at 22% per year. Hmm. An egg company. All right. Hmm. Which is really high. And we put the P.E. ratio at 45. I look at the historical high P.E. ratio. I see it's 33 is max. Hmm. Okay. So watch this. If 33 is their max, 33 implies an average growth rate of half that. About 16. I'm going to put in 16 here. And I'm going to go with the historical 33. As a
1: growth rate. Yeah. In order to what?
0: In order to grow that 282 forward into the future for 10 years. Got it. Discount it back to today and figure out what the value of this business is. So if I do that, what I end up with is a company worth $101 selling for 43 bucks. Whoa. Okay, now let's see. Really quick and dirty. I just dialed down the analyst expectations for the, right? And I, they may be wrong. I'm, I'm going to look at what's, what's CalMain's estimated growth rate. I'm Googling that. And I'm coming up with, okay, here NASDAQ has it at 9%. That's a little more like it. So, okay, let's go back.
1: Yeah, that's a lot different That's a
0: lot different. So I got a bad number there. Let's go 9%. I'm going to grow 282 at 9%. That implies an 18 PE, much more real world for an egg company. And let's go see what that comes out to be. And that comes out to be 30 bucks. So this company, if the analysts are correct, and this grows at 9% a year into the future, this company is worth about 30 bucks. Uh, selling for 43 And it's got a payback time on free cash flow of $27, selling for $43. So far from being a super steal, this thing is a little bit overpriced on a quick and dirty basis. There you go.
1: Okay. Now that's a really good one to do because on the quick and dirty basis, it's like you don't really know what's going on with that company. Right. Is that a company that... I mean, maybe it just depends on your own personal interests and your own personal investing canyon, and and you know what you want to focus your time on. But like, is that a company you would say, oh, that's worth some more
0: time? Yeah, it, some it would. Focus, it would be for me.
1: Work. It would not be for you.
0: No, it would be for me. I like. I like the idea of this company. Um, this is, I think, the largest egg producer, and they are growing. They're growing by acquisition, um, and what I want to do is dig in and kind of try to figure out what the real value of this business is. And I'm afraid that maybe the market's still massively overpricing this. And um, But it doesn't make okay. me uninterested. I might want to put it on my watch list.
1: Yeah, okay, so a company that has kind of like erratic numbers, you know, not the smooth trend line that you were talking about looking for, but the erratic numbers are all heading up in the right direction. That's something that you would look at more closely.
0: Yep. Now, in this particular company, I think there's something worth learning here about understanding the business. You really need to understand the business. What happened with this company um, is that in 2015, there was an avian flu, and it killed about 15% of the chickens in America. It didn't affect these guys very much. They were, they were a very controlled uh, environment for their chickens. But it did remove 15% of the, of the, of the crop of chickens, and what that meant is suddenly there was a a, a low supply of eggs. Yeah. Which drove so prices. egg prices straight to the moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that meant, uh, oh, and then at the exact same time, the cost of feed dropped by about 50% because they feed chickens corn. Corn prices went from like $8 down to $3. All of a sudden they could buy their feed super cheap. At the exact same time, the price of eggs doubled. So they had this perfect storm of good news that created this enormous giant uh, pile of earnings for these guys straight out of the blue and what that oh. means is that and you can see that perhaps the egg business would be cyclical because it doesn't take very long to produce chickens that will produce eggs so if the price of eggs are extremely high then you would expect farmers would produce a lot more chickens to produce a lot more eggs and pretty soon you've got an oversupply of eggs which is exactly what happened. And now, (laughs) if you go to Los Angeles and you wanna buy eggs, you're paying like 60 cents a a dozen, which is about 10 cents less than it costs the cheapest guys in the industry to produce them. Wow. In other words, they're gonna start killing chickens and sending the chickens off for fryers and reducing the number of chickens.
1: Yeah, and so it goes.
0: And so it goes. So I guess the point here is, we can do a quick and dirty analysis, but even then, we we really need to know something about the business Gotta so we can get a bad business. number.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. This is really helpful. Thanks,
0: Dad. Oh, you're welcome. I think uh, it's time to go play.
1: All right. Thanks, All right. everybody. Bye.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to Invested, the Rule One podcast. If you like this episode, you can always get our show notes and more details and links to the resources we discussed at investedpodcast.com. Also, as long as you're online, head on over to investedpodcast.com slash workshop for details on an upcoming three-day live workshop that I'm hosting. All you gotta do to go is enter the special podcast code stockpile, that's S-T-O-C-K-P-I-L-E, stockpile, into the application form, and you guys can attend for free So everything discussed on this show is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it is not to be taken as investment advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only. And I really do hope you've enjoyed it. So until next week,
1: it's time to go play. See ya.